Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. My name is Brandon, bringing a quick update. This is part two of the evolution of music topic. We did not record a separate introduction only because this conversation actually took place over one long live stream. We hope you listened to the first part. Thank you so much if you did, and please enjoy part two. I don't know if I'm pronouncing a Brisbaneista, like that's who suggested we do a music episode. Like, thank you for this topic. This is a really good topic that I don't know why we never thought of before, but it, it's it's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, well, why want to talk about at least one more, though? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to provide some context for our listeners, what kind of music are you into, Brandon? Has your music taste expanded or changed at all over time? We kind of talked about this, I feel like. Um, but actually, no, I, I'm fine to talk about it a little more in detail. We haven't talked about if our music interests have changed. Um, yeah, let's actually, I would love to hear where yours originated just to see, like, because we had a little bit of overlap, actually. That's one of the things that brought us together originally. Yep. So I'm curious of where yours went versus where mine went. Well, I'll, I'll start off with what I'm at right now. So, um, I mean, I, I try to keep up with new stuff as much as I can. I'm really... I, I'm really digging uh, Billie Eilish right now. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's really popular right now. Um, so I'm starting to really like her stuff. I like some Post Malone stuff, um, but in terms of music that I, I listen to most frequently, uh, Noah Gunderson is a singer-songwriter who I've talked about, Perfume Genius. Um, uh what else is typically on my playlist uh banks um daughter um yeah those are just a couple bands i i kind of i i feel like i'm pretty um open to different genres i i typically don't listen to country at all um country is one that i don't really uh relate to i guess and and so it's it's tough for me to to get on board with with country music, but uh, other than that, I, I'm I'm pretty into it. I listen to uh, instrumental music to go to bed at night. Uh, every once in a while, driving in the car, I'll listen to classical music, and um, yeah, I, I I like a lot of different stuff. But the the main thing right now has been singer songwriter types, uh, really lyrically driven because I care so much about the words and and the story being told through through a song so and what about you today um i mean i've specifically lately i've been into i mean i'll just tell you a few of the bands i've been listening to like metallica and dream theater have been two of the bands i've been listening to the most they're big like mid 80s to like mid 90s like that genre or that like time frame i've been listening to a lot of music that falls under that time period of music because i'd like a lot of the more thrashy kind of fast metal music. Uh, but that's, that's kind of been a trend for a while for me. And, uh, what else have I been listening to? I actually really like a couple of the new bring me the horizon songs. I was going to say, I bring really me like, the horizon is one that you've talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Recently. I, I really, really like, I don't like the newest song they just dropped really at all. I think it's like, it's so poppy that I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I really, I just really, really think that they're like an interesting player in the music scene right now because they are a band that does some interesting things. Um, and then, hey, say, say Brandon Flippin. 
Ah, uh, Brandon Flippin. Actually, yeah, Brandon Flippin's got some good songs on his uh, The Passion in Mind. I recommend checking it out. I, I just did a, the list of like a lot of the music I've been listening to, but basically the progression of my music taste went from I've always liked heavy metal music, and then kind of in what, that when you say years, always, what what do you mean always? Like wh- when do you remember first starting to listen to to music? Like, <laughs> well, I heard the Power Rangers. Power Rangers. That's right. Song, you told me that. The yeah. First time. And then. Every time I'd always hear like big like um, Stairway to Heaven has this. I've always loved just like big guitar solos and just big over the top like rock anthems and stuff. But I've always really liked kind of um, punk music too. That's like very in like in your face like f you like f the system that kind of stuff. Like I've always <laughs> liked that kind of music. So I went through a phase where I was really into more punk music and then pop punk music in my teenage years. And then I got into like metal core music, which is sort of like a combination of punk music mixed with metal music. And then I've just kind of migrated towards more thrash metal mixed with, I also like progressive metal, which is just all over the place. Just some of the most talented musicians you'll ever hear in your life. I yeah. like that stuff a lot. Um, but, you know, also I've always loved Eminem. So... For me, I, I listened to the radio a lot as a kid, and a big reason was I actually lived in one city for a while, and then my parents, or I went to school, we were building a house in Buffalo, Minnesota, which is about 45 minutes away from where we were living, so every morning we would drive 45 minutes to school because our house hadn't been built yet, and so I would listen to the radio on the entire way, and my family was always big and singing to the radio, and and so I remember my parents got me. I asked for a Backstreet Boys CD when I was really young, but they accidentally got me in sync instead. <laughs> oh God, what a tragedy! I know, but then I ended up <laughs> I ended up really liking In Sync. So I was big into boy bands um, when I was really young because I don't know I always kind of had that that voice I guess. And then, um, but the first CD I ever bought was. Uh, misunderstood by pink the really yeah that's interesting the one with um just like a pill said it make oh yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) it keep making me oh yeah i know and my own worst enemy yeah but uh i that that pop music kind of started to evolve into um, I would listen to Top 20 Countdown on VH1. I, MTV kind of went away from showing music videos, but VH1 mm-hmm. would show like Top 20 Countdown and stuff. So that's where I discovered The Fray. Over My Head played on the Top 20 Countdown, and I, that's how I, I first heard of them. Coldplay was huge. I mean, a lot of my music tastes I got from my dad. He listened to Blink-182. He was actually really big into Smashing Pumpkins, so I liked them a lot, oh, too. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, it started to evolve. And then once I became a musician, I was I would actually subscribe to different music pages to try to find new music. And that's how I discovered. I, I subscribed to this Canadian radio station, uh, QBC, I think it's called. Um, and... They had uh, Perfume Genius on. That's how I discovered him. And that's also how I discovered the band Daughter, who I mentioned earlier. So um, things have evolved for me, I think, partially because of the the teen angst years 
which was when I developed my love for Taking Back Sunday and My Chemical oh, Romance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is where you and I connected. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely connected. We met somewhere. That was where our uh, music tastes collided. Collided, yeah. Moment. For sure. And then uh, after that was kind of developing tastes that I think uh, inspired me as an artist as well. So, I mean, for you, the evolution. So Power Rangers... You you watch <laughs> yeah, so Power Rangers. Basically, I would say my music progression is I just listen to whatever music I heard on the... My, my parents never played that, that much music around me, except for my mom a little bit would play pop music around me. My dad a little bit of old classic rock around me. When I say classic rock, my dad liked the like 80s hair bands, so probably does have a little bit of my inspiration of uh, liking heavier music, but... I would say up until about like sixth grade, I basically just listened to whatever, like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, just random music like that that I was exposed to. And I liked NSYNC. I liked Backstreet Boys. Do you, and then, well, here's the debate, though. Which one's which one better? Like more? Yeah. Uh, back then, I liked the Backstreet Boys more. Uh, I think I s- still basically agree with Backstreet Boys. I think I like Backstreet Boys more. Uh, See, this, but is, I do this like, is why we're good friends. <laughs> I do like some NSYNC songs, though. Yeah, I mean, except for I it, hated uh, pop. Yeah, hated dirty pop. Taking that, hearing all these people talk <laughs> yeah. about. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, NSYNC had Justin Timberlake, which was, I mean, yeah, exactly. Backstreet Boys don't have a Justin, but uh, I think as a as a group, Backstreet Boys, I think uh, take the cake. I mean, the Backstreet Boys are still fucking around. They're still touring. Still relevant. And, yeah, exactly. So. Um, and then, bowl, did you know the band Bowling for Soup? That was like the first band I listened yes, to. That I was, that I actually, yeah, that, that's like the first time I actually like bought an album and I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I, and then I just, I got into a big like pop punk phase in middle school. And I thought all that stuff was like really cool. And then I loved Sum 41. That was like, they have a oh, little yeah. bit of more of a metal influence to it. They got really like metal towards the end. End of their yeah. their run, I feel it, like. Yeah, and now they're back again, and their new album is actually like not bad. But yeah, no, I always really liked them a lot. And then I got towards more like screamo ish music in high school. Um, the song Six by All That Remains was like my first like really heavy metal song that I was really like, all about. Tons of screaming, and just like really more like thrashy. And then I don't even know. From there, it's just evolved over time. And I went back and started listening to older music, and that was sort of it. I was always and I always like guitar solos. What? So why do you think you did connect to the music that you ended up kind of finding a home in? Do you think that it was something about how you grew up? Do you think it was something about the way your emotions kind of ran? I mean, you've always been a passionate person. I feel yeah. like metal is very I- intense. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much, I all of my emotions are very strong. I am a very like, passionate person, and for me, that type of music, whether it was punk music or heavy metal music, was very, like aggressive and, like, hyperactive and a lot of speed and just everything. I feel like that kind of defines my personality type a little bit, and I was always very impressed by the technical uh, the technical complexity of someone who could write these elaborate musical pieces like this all this guitar solos and all the stuff going on i think i connected with it for that and it was all about this sort of rebelliousness or feeling like you didn't 
fit in with people. And I feel like there was always a sense of me feeling like I was kind of an outcast within my own groups that I would be a part of because I don't know. I just, that's just how I always identified. So I think, yeah, I think it makes actually perfect sense as to why I gravitated towards the type of music that I like. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that music is, is a, a big personality tell. Um, I, I mean, yes. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> there's some psychology behind it, but I, I think that art in a lot of ways speaks to, uh, truths in our life and and so we find kind of connections in the world through different art forms and i think music is a, is a huge one so looking back on my evolution i i definitely think i was always kind of i think the boy band stuff was was also kind of this naive kid who just had a lot of passion for life and just thought that everything was roses and everything was great that was that was kind of how i grew up i just i really liked life and i was <laughs> Um, and kind of idealistic in, in that sense. And I think as I've gotten older, I think the reason why I started to connect to the singer-songwriter stuff is a lot of that stuff is a lot more, I guess, brooding and uh, yeah. a little darker, which I think that you kind of, as you get older, you find out that not that life is horrible, but there there are some some aspects of life that uh, just kind of surprise you. you. You didn't expect, you know, that, oh, wow, the, people aren't all on my side that's what why why isn't everybody together in this you know just having a little bit of that i I think that um a lot of life for me has been kind of a rude awakening and so i think a lot of that music can speak truth to to this this different kind of stuff well also i i talked earlier about the music that cheers me up um being i i do really like you know emotional stuff and i think that a lot of that that kind of music the reason why it connects to me so much is because you can really find a silver lining in in a lot of that stuff like there's i always tried in my early writing to even if it was like the saddest song i'd ever written to at some point in the song have some sort of uptick or uplift you you hear it in my my song all that being said actually where this entire song is about this kind of bitterness and this anger, but the end of it all is just this resolution of no matter what, I, I love you type thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that a lot of this stuff kind of evolves as we we evolve as people. So I, I, I really hope for myself, and I'm sure that you probably feel similar, but I won't, I won't speak for you here, but I, I really hope for myself that I don't get, ever get stuck um, when it comes to music, I'm always trying to listen to new things and explore new new artists because I don't want I don't want to be one of those old people that's like, oh, your damn music nowadays is just garbage, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That's why, even though I I have to I I'm on a trend where I'm listening to like more older music that I in general, a lot of music I listen to is pretty modern because I just. I'm I'm always looking for something that intrigues me in one way or another. So you're also a very curious person. So I feel like there have been times when you've been like, "Have you heard this about a music a musician oh, or yeah. something that I haven't even heard of?" And and so it's I feel like yeah, you'll I'm, always. I'm have not that. just a metal person. I, I definitely, in general, um, I don't really like the band Twenty One Pilots, even though I've I've tried to get into it. But then I heard uh, Bandito. And I was like, this is an incredible song. This is just a really, 
I'm pretty much open to any type of music if I can find something about it that I is compelling. Then I, I don't really have... I'm not genre-specific in that manner. They have a song. I think it's called Kitchen Sink 21... 21- Oh yeah, we we talked about this song. I fucking love that song. It's just it is a super cool song. That's the thing. Like I probably would like some twenty. I probably would like more of the songs if I really like dove in deep to it. That's the reason why I don't. I never make really strong claims before I. Uh, like like I, I try to listen to more of music by a band before I really make the final decision. Final decision on it. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. That's why I was saying earlier, like, John Mayer talked about you. these musicians, they might sit in a room with two or three other writers, and mm-hmm. they're trying to make money at, at some point. They're prof- that's their profession. So they might write, your body is a wonderland, but John Mayer's also got fucking 50 songs that have chord progressions up your ass. It's just key changes and all this fucking I mean if you like guitar solos how do you feel about John Mayer do you like John Mayer I've actually seen John Mayer in concert before I but see to be honest with you John Mayer is someone I haven't explored that much yeah so my general thought of him is I don't feel like I can give a strong opinion I think the 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 limited songs I know by him I don't particularly like that much but at the same time I like watching him play the guitar so if i actually sat and listened to more of his songs i could probably find something that i'd i would connect to more yeah um you want to leave the rest and do another one of these episodes no let's just keep doing this and then keep doing this one yeah i'll just i'll just edit it to to two parts we can have like two 45 minute parts or something we can figure that out afterwards, but let's just keep, okay. it, keep it rolling because we have it already here. So next, we'll kind of get away from thinking of our kind of personal viewpoints of music and whatnot. And when it comes to artists, what, what are your thoughts on them navigating the evolution of, of their art? Do you have like strong opinions on whether artists should stay within their genre or if branching out into new territories of music is appropriate for their evolution. We, we kind of talked about this, honestly, a little no, bit. But here's here's my thought on it. I think it is kind of annoying because whenever uh, an artist writes their first album, as we talked about, yeah, that album is going to be what they liked at that moment in time when they wrote it, and then 20 years later they're going to like different music. So it makes perfect sense why, for the artists themselves, it's going to be annoying if they feel like they are boxed in having to play a specific type of music all the time Mm -hmm. and i think they should be able to to branch out immensely i mean kind of as i talked about uh earlier with a band like bring me the horizon this is a band that i did not like at all back in the day they came in they played death metal that was like the genre of music that they played and i don't like that i don't like death metal i just i've never found that to be a pleasant noise in my ears so they don't like that music nowadays, so now their new music basically sounds like pop. <laughs> like, it's a weird... Pro- I've never seen a band progress in this manner before to go from such an extreme to so much more poppy sounding. So I, I do sometimes in my head, I think, is that okay? Can you literally just completely change the genre of your music? And I think if there's sort of like an organic transformation of the music over time, 
I think that that it is okay. I think that's part of the artistic part of it is, well, how do we connect our last album to the newest one? I think if you had a heavy metal album and then your next album is a rap album, people might be like, what the hell are you guys doing here? I think it's got to have sort of a continuity stake in between the music and as it evolves over time, but you need to be able to evolve and explore some things. Well, that, I mean, there's a couple things I want to talk about. It is interesting that we talk about this continuity, but at the same time, shouldn't artists have free range to just do whatever the hell they want? Because the reason I bring this up is because I was thinking about earlier, so I had a synth pop, an 80s synth pop band, Transistor Radio, and I was thinking, what if I went from this debut album that I released to 80s synth pop? Would I want to go under Transistor Radio, or would I be okay with going under Brandon Flippin? And... And it's weird as an artist thinking, are these things separate? Because they're still me. I'm still writing it. But is it a certain... It's because we have to brand. You have to package yourself. But does that actually mean anything towards the art that you you have? Isn't there continuity in everything that you do just because it it originates from your your creativity? Um, and, And that's where I... I feel like I'm trying to be a little I'm trying to open my mind to that concept about cuz there there definitely are bands that I, I like the Fray for instance my favorite band of all time I feel like they I don't actually know but it felt to me like as their albums went on they kind of got caught into okay now things are becoming more electronic kind of synth pad heavy um so let's kind of kick into that trend and i don't feel like that was their wheelhouse and it the music just didn't feel i don't know i just didn't connect to it as much anymore and they were my favorite band um Mm. and so there's there's this like yeah i want them to evolve and stuff but i I, i'm just i'm i don't know if it's they're doing something that they are just trying to kind of make money off of or if this actually is what they're evolving into. And that's a tough thing too. From a consumer standpoint, I think sometimes because nowadays we connect with these artists, we are able to connect with them because of social media and stuff. If you feel like you don't understand kind of where they're coming from, I feel like sometimes maybe that's where the disconnect comes in where we don't wait, where did this come from? You know, if you guys are going this, you it must be them selling out, or maybe there's just like a confusion there or something. Um, but I think back to your point about the the first album, that is a very scary thing for a lot of artists because once you release that first album, you can kind of get put into a box of who you are as an mm-hmm. artist, especially if it's very popular. For instance, The Fray, their first album. I think it went gold. It it sold a shit ton. You know, it was the one with Over My Head, How to Save a Life. Oh, that yeah, that album's got to be like I didn't, I'm pretty sure that album's multi platinum. It could be. Yeah. That was pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty huge. And oh, uh, and so they were kind of I watched a documentary on them about their second album. The, their second album only has 10 songs, which I mean, that's still 10 songs, but 
I don't know. They they were kind of struggling to figure out what to do for their their sophomore album because they they kind of were in that the zone of how do we evolve from here? That stuff was so popular. How do we not let people down? How do we stay, you know, uh, original? And I don't know. It's it, it's a very tough thing. I think that when it comes down to it, we as a consumer don't actually know what these artists are going through. Um, but if, I guess as artists, I just hope that people are doing things from a personal place, from a, a, a place that's genuine to them. Because I think that's when you get the best kind of art to come forward. It's something from your soul, something that you are expressing, some sort of truth about yourself that maybe you can connect with other people. It, when you're When you get caught into the business aspect of it too much, at least for me, that's where I start to disconnect. That's where some of the pop music nowadays, I, when it, when it's singers that are singing songs that they didn't write, sometimes I'm just like, they're just covering a song, really, <laughs> you know. Well, that's that's one of the things about, uh, like cover songs in general. It's I I don't usually like them as much because there's something special with someone who created a song in its entirety. Like those lyrics are are more personal. And that's really what I like about music is when I feel like it's coming from that that real like like one of my favorite things is when I know what a song is specifically about and I feel like I can feel their pain in the song whether it's that they lost a loved one or, or a relationship that they really cared about and then you listen to it or sometimes something about uh, like anger, like just being like super angry at someone. You just can feel it because you know that this song is about their hurt and you feel them channeling it. That's the stuff that I love don't, about music. But take a look at this case study. Don't you think that's kind of sad, though? There, there's, there almost has to be tragedy in these artists' lives for them to document and, and for us to really... I mean, think of Adele. Her biggest album was her losing who she thought was the love of her life. Then the same thing happened with Sam Smith. A lot of the biggest albums are like these breakup albums where they lost somebody that they really cared about. And we just connect to this, this heartache. And that's kind of a sad aspect. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I agree with that completely. Cause when I think about a lot of my favorite music ever or favorite songs, it is something that is about something tragic or something that's not good because through the tragedy, people are able to create great art from it, and I think that that like that's that's both a blessing and a curse of going through something that that's bad. And that's actually, to be honest with you, it's one of the reasons why I don't particularly love just happy pop songs. And it sounds kind of depressing that I don't like happy music per se or happy pop songs. Yeah. But to me, the reason that I like music so much is I just think it's such a powerful way to express the like the things inside of you that feel uncomfortable. And when you listen to music and you can connect with it, you feel less alone and you feel like you're like you almost feel their energy. Like you're almost like it, like that to me is just such a an amazing feeling. So I like sad songs. I like angry songs. I like these play, these songs that come from places of hurt even though it seems like I should just love all these happy pop songs. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked to Beneath the Hollow when they 
we, we spotlighted them about the difference in when you're writing music, sometimes you have these songs that just flow out of you. I think a lot of times those songs end up being the ones that come from these very intense emotional places where you just you just have something that you have to get off your chest and the only way as an artist you know how to express it is through music and then people connect with that because they can just feel the sincerity behind it they also connect with it as well and that that is kind of a tough thing and i I almost wonder too sometimes as people maybe we get caught in these places when things are going good we kind of stop doing the things stop looking for things to help us we have talked about that so many times where one of the most frustrating things that you and I have dealt with in our lives is we feel like every time that we get comfortable, we're like, ah, oh, man, things are starting to fall into alignment. Then you immediately f- forget how you got there and like right. you lose the edge. Like, I, one of the things that I do, and it's sort of twisted in a way, I don't like feeling like I got eight hours of sleep. I only like to get maybe like six or seven hours of sleep because that little bit of in edge of not getting a full night of sleep, like pushes me a little bit to, to try harder in a weird way. It's so bizarre. Whenever I'm too comfortable or too content, I'm not as productive. And I don't, I don't know why this kind of stuff happens to people, but it's easy to get complacent. And you look at musical artists all the time, you can tell that they, 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 that music can get worse when you come to, like, look at, um, Eminem. I, I love Eminem. I love, like, early Eminem. I even like a lot of later Eminem. But there's certainly a vibe change in the way that his music was. And if you listen to an album like Infinite by Eminem, uh, released back in 97, I believe, before Eminem was really known at all, and there's something about the, that album that I absolutely love. Like, it, it, the song Infinite by Eminem might be my favorite Eminem song because he hadn't made it yet. Mm-hmm. And he talks about having, like, 500K in his bank account or something. Like how that would be the most incredible thing ever if he had 500K in his bank account at some point in his life. Yeah. And that to me is just such a, like that is such a beautiful moment to hear something like that and then just know the story that unravels from that point onward. Like that, that is what is so cool about music to me. Well, that, that's the thing though, is most of the consumers of this art aren't people that are living the luxurious life of what Eminem can live in now. So Mm -hmm. what music are you, a person who hasn't made it big or anything, going to connect with? Stuff where he's kind of reaching because he doesn't know, you know, maybe he's he's trying to be more creative with what he's rapping about. He doesn't have the same angst that he had when he was a kid trying to make it, you know, so he's got to figure... Now it becomes you got to pull creativity out of thin air. Before, creativity was thrust upon him because... His creativity was talking about his rise to the top and how these people were fucking haters and the, the, the mainstream, you know, he bashing mainstream people, you know, all this stuff. He had a lot of this material. And now his Kamikaze album is back to, you know, the the former kind of form of, of Eminem. A lot of people like that now because now he's attacking people again he's exactly. he's kind of been knocked down now he has to climb back up and we just we love this fucking underdog story so much and uh it, i guess it's just we all kind of connect with feeling like until we've made it we, we're at that underdog stage and i think that that's 
when it comes to art, I think a lot of what makes art, uh, and I've probably sound a broken record at this point, but just the, the different truths that it unlocks in us. We can hear something and like, I don't know what it was on this day at this time. I listened to the song for the 80th time and for whatever reason, a light bulb went off in my head. This is what that lyric meant, at least what it means for me. And now I'm going to make something out of this with my life because of this. And if it's not, if you have Eminem who's talking about you know, having millions of dollars as opposed to wishing one day he could have 500k. You know, there's a di- there's a different disc, there's a different um, re- relatability. There's not as much with this top dog as there is with the underdog. So, exactly. That's we we like music that we can <clears throat> like connect to in one way or another, and that's why that's why like specifically that song always gets me because. It's it is pretty. That's even though my favorite Eminem album is actually the Eminem show when he had was basically at the peak of his popularity. There's something amazing about his earlier songs because they just feel so raw and so cool. Yeah, Absolutely. that's why in general I like uh, musicians' first albums a lot of times because you know that they put their heart and soul into it because that was like their shot. That's why listening to your album is really cool to me because i just think about like i know the backstory and what went into it and it's just really it's really cool to feel that part of it but it must have been super scary knowing that now when people think of your next album they're going to be like expecting it to sound a certain way because of the first one well i think i get i guess honestly i haven't really even thought about that maybe people are thinking oh, that when way. i put it in your head <laughs> oh man but i thoughts in your head. i i feel like i'm not in a place where i'm well known enough that i like i have i don't have a big enough audience to, to to really care about where i go next so i kind of feel liberated in that but i understand if my album went triple platinum or you know was was a very popular uh creation that people connected with there would be this pressure of shit my first thing that i ever released was huge i'd better follow it up with something even bigger now i'm i'm just like i'm just a guy fucking making music that i love so i can really do whatever the hell i want um but i i do empathize with the idea that it's not always that easy for people that do have that debut thing but you're right the, the debut album this is your first release although I do think that some people take that for granted. Um, I, I think that it, music is so accessible, not only for consumers, but also people that are creating it. Like like I said earlier, I'm just a regular guy. I can throw song I can throw songs up on Spotify. So I can make an album with my blue Yeti microphone just recording myself playing live and I could technically throw it up on iTunes and Spotify if I really wanted to. And so I think that you do, when I talked earlier about the oversaturation, you, you do find some of that where there is kind of a beautiful nature about the, the raw aspect of it, but it also kind of sullies the idea of this desire to really put out, um, put your best foot forward first. Uh, sometimes it doesn't come out that way because maybe you're in a rush to share something or you're pursuing that goal i mean my first ep we've talked about was just fucking when i look back on it i really wish i hadn't released it because <laughs> i feel like it was trash um i didn't have a lot of money to pay for it 
and I needed something that I could sell to people. And so that's what I had. what you had to do at the time. Yeah. I think there is something in that. I mean, if you actually listen to Infident by Eminem, it doesn't really sound like any other Eminem albums. It's not, there really isn't a slim, there's no Slim Shady, there's none of that stuff. It's just a guy who's using pretty generic beats, and he, he sounds more like a stereotypical just rapper. Like, he doesn't have a really, like, a niche or anything. But there's something even fascinating by that. Like, there's something that I actually enjoy about him just being a guy on the streets doing some uh, rap. There's something that I like listening to your EP, or, yeah, your EP, because it is, it's just, it's very raw. It's just a 19-year-old dude, 20-year-old dude, just playing a piano in a room, basically, is what it sounds like to me. And, and it's cool, though. Like, I, I, I like that. What the hell, dude? I That was top-of-the-line equipment <laughs> and session musicians that played on that EP. No, it was... They were, they were honestly... They were incredible. It was literally just I don't know how you put that together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was really good stuff. Thanks, man. You're, you've always been a supporter. All right, well, here... Yeah, I, took the, I took the album cover for that, dude. I, yeah, I'm you a did. part of that album. <laughs> you did. Um... So our, our last uh, point before we go into like final thoughts here is something that you brought up, and I, I think it's a good point and something that I, I do think that we, we need to talk about when we are in this conversation of music is it does seem like bands are a lot less popular than solo artists in today's mm-hmm. world. Do you have a theory on why that is? Do you have opinions on do you like that? Do you dislike that? What do you think? I, I dislike it, one, but two, I just don't think it it makes that much practical sense to do a band nowadays. Because really, the, the here's the thing that you gain by having a band. You gain multiple voices on how to, like, like you get multiple multiple experts on a specific instrument and giving thoughts into how to create the music, but you also, as a result of that, have now all of these arguments to get into over what actually should be done so it becomes it can be a negative thing uh i really think that's about all the positives you get but i or all the the, that that's kind of like the negatives of it but i think the reason why bands aren't really that relevant nowadays is you could just create music without a band and then you don't have to split the music or the the money with all the people in the band like why why split something five or six ways when you can just have all the full creative freedom and have all the money, because you have the ability to create uh, things on drums, like elect- electronic drums. You can create all this stuff. So I think that's a big part of it. And two, the most popular genre of music is rap and R and B, and you don't need to do anything but maybe hire some studio musicians to do that. So what is really the point nowadays of having a band? When it's not the popular thing to do, you've got to split it a million ways, and you can create it with you can like it. It, just, it it basically just doesn't make sense nowadays, and it's unfortunate. And there's still always going to be rock bands, at least in the foreseeable future, because there are other genres. Like I don't see heavy metal music becoming just one person playing all the instruments right away, but I can definitely see a world where bands aren't so much of a thing at some point in time. Like, just, we don't really have bands anymore. Well, I, I, I think there are definitely bands that are being created. I, I just think that they're typically not as easily packaged as a solo artist. And that's what you are going to get in the mainstream 
you know, pop world is how, how do we package this? How do we market it? And it's like, especially in America, where a lot of this is built on the idolization of stars, it's easy to have one star rather than five members. I mean, you even see like bands like a boy band like One Direction. Now you have all these members that are split up and doing their solo thing, and they're probably bigger than they ever were as as a group in One Direction. It's because they all have their separate band, the brand, and uh, I don't know. That that's just kind of become the trend. And I think also your point about you know having these different experts in a band, you probably actually find better musicians. On, with session musicians mm-hmm. as a solo artist i can go into the studio pay a person who literally all he does for a living is play this one instrument and he can do exactly what i tell him to do he's not going to argue with me because he's getting paid just this lump to sum. agree with you basically yeah basically <laughs> just do what you want just do what i want or do what the producer wants whatever as opposed to a band where it's like you said this collective you know, group that has to all decide, is this okay? Is this what we want as a group? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just think overall it's easier to maintain and market uh, solo artists, um, especially from this place where we're at now where uh, a lot of people like to kind of jump on this personal connection through social media and and through these through through the marketing aspect of of the things to to connect with this one person and and feel like I'm the only girl in the audience that Justin Bieber is singing to and it means so much to me. <laughs> um, you know, you would probably like that. You were talking about how much you liked his voice early. <laughs> I mean, freaking give me one night with Biebs and <laughs> the real believer. And in nine months, we might be having babies. That's a very weird joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a super weird joke. What are you talking about? Why is that weird? No, you're right. It's it's great. I mean, you're just a, you're a comedic genius. I, I don't know why I question. I retired from comedy. You retired from I, comedy, so don't be giving me pointers on comedy. <laughs> My comedy career has just taken off, and let me tell you something. All right, it is like a rocket ship. All right, it cannot okay, be. Stuck. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I retired because the only way I can get into the Comedy Hall of Fame is if I'm no longer active. <laughs> what do you gotta wait seven years? What's what's the wait? You gotta wait. You gotta wait five 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 years? years, and then you get on the ballot. Are, are you gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, I'm the Babe Ruth of LeBron James of comedy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even. The joke always gets lost within me now. I don't even know. Let's see. Is there actually a Comedy Hall of Fame? I've typed in Comedy Hall of Fame, and it seems like it might actually be a real thing. Yeah, but I don't feel like looking up the actual qualifications to get into. And it, let's so. just uh, let's throw this out there: <laughs> Stephen is not going to the Comedy Hall of Fame. <laughs> I know it might be bold to say that, but uh, it's just just kind of what I'm feeling. My, <laughs> have you heard my joke about the watch? I haven't. Let's hear it. I don't know how to read a watch. It's 2019. <laughs> That's it. It was like my only laugh when I did a stand-up routine. I got one really like big applause for my joke to start off the set, and then that was it. <laughs> That's all we got. 
<laughs> you gotta just you gotta just let me go on and not even comment. <laughs> that's, sick. that's sick. I always love when you do. Stephen loves. Really Stephen loves when I do this. Yeah, it's always great. Well, let's move on to final thoughts. Here, unless you, <laughs> unless you got any other comment on this, I think it's final thoughts. We're then. good. We're good. Yeah. All right. All right. On to the final thoughts then. So, uh, my final thoughts. I I like music a lot. It's really it's really good. But I think that nowadays pop music is not my favorite. And um, I do think there are a lot of really talented bands and musicians out there that. You know, I like listening to. <laughs> these are incredible final thoughts, folks. These are great final thoughts. And um, I think that you guys should also listen to music. All right, I'm going to say my final thoughts. Um, ultimately, I definitely... Um, I encourage really, I mean, I know it takes time to search for different artists and stuff, but this is a music I think does hit for a lot of people. And I think if you are willing to take the time to, to really delve into different areas, whether it's SoundCloud, YouTube, um, maybe even Spotify, but just kind of look out there. Um, even I talked about QBC on, on YouTube. There are different YouTube pages, like radio stations that get more indie artists that aren't well known. Um, there's something out there for everybody. So, you know, if, if you're a person who feels like the mainstream, you know, music nowadays isn't, isn't what it used to be, whatever there's only that's me. Yeah. That's Steven. <laughs> um, just there's something out there for you you just gotta kind of know where to start looking um and i don't know i just music is so important to me and i i think that uh i don't know i i think you can find a lot of truths about life through uh all forms of art but i think music um at least for me has been where i've connected so i always i always kind of encourage that aspect so and I, I will make a point on that. My favorite art form is music. Like, hands down, I've always felt it was the, the one I connected to the most. I always feel like the most empowered when I listen to it. It's love. I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's why I get... To, I feel like people can tell. I am extremely passionate about music. Like, I definitely... If you get me talking about musical artists who have inspired me in one way or another, like, I get pretty into it. Um... I thought underwater basket weaving was your favorite form of art. Dude, remember when that you thought that was a real thing people actually did, only to be totally duped? <laughs> I was duped. Dude, you were just so duped. I was so I was naive. <laughs> you, you were so naive. Just like when you loved the Backstreet Boys and only the Backstreet Boys back in the day. I liked NSYNC, too. I also the real thing is... When is Brandon going to move over to heavy metal or start listening to a couple heavy metal songs? I, I, that's what I'm waiting for. I've tried it, man. <laughs> I'm going to find something that I think you'll like. Send it over to you and yeah, see if I mean, I'm right. I'll listen to it. I, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, all heavy metal sucks. Like, If you think there's something that I might enjoy, send it to me and I'll check I, it out. I, I mean, I think it's it will be difficult, but I think if someone could do it, it would be me. That could find probably something that you'll actually think is okay. All right. 
I don't know what yet. I gotta think about it a little bit, and I don't know how metal it's really gonna be. But I, I, I could find something that'll be like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I'm on it. Right. That should be like a new thing we do. I think that's a new thing we do. We just like recommend music to each other and see if we actually like it. That's fine. Sparingly. Yeah. Sparingly because I don't like when people are like, dude, listen to like this 9,000 songs. You'll like one of them. It's like, well, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> people like burn a CD at like 100 songs. Like listen to, listen to, I don't know. It could be a little, a little much, but give it like one or two. Like why not? Give it a shot. Uh, I will say I really, really enjoyed this topic. That's the reason why we were able to talk about it enough to make two episodes out of it, which we've never talked this long about a single topic. But it's just something that both of us have always been passionate about is music in just many different ways. We offer different perspectives on it. I think that this was a fun topic. So, you know, if you guys ever have topic ideas of things that we can talk about, Really anything. Like, well, I, I always say everything must go, and Brandon always makes fun of me. But that's kind of the point of the podcast is, like, everything must go. We pick anything that we think other people want to hear about and that we can talk about for an extended period of time, and we can just roll with it. So if you guys ever, ever have any topics, you can reach out to us by DMing us on at, uh, at EMGPod, which is our Instagram and Twitter handles, or if you know our individual ones, you can feel free to DM us on our individual accounts. You can also send us an email if you do feel so inclined. Our email is emgpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voicemail that we can play in one of the episodes, our voicemail is 513-427-EMG5. And if you want to listen to these episodes, you can find them on any of your podcast apps. You just type in Everything Must Go Podcast. Um, aside from that, our next episode is about, what did we say our next episode is about? Judging, now I'm blanking out. Look at the Judging script. Judging a book by its cover. It's Judging on the book script. By its cover. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> our next episode is about judging a book by its cover. And we wanted to say anyone who's on the live stream here, thank you very much for, for tuning in here. This is uh, something that we do from time to time. Uh, I feel like normally our episodes now we do live here as well. So thank you guys for sticking around, people who are still here, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.